ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Dame's Dropback. I'm your host, Damien Bartonic, and today I'm back with episode seven, the Dwayne Haskins, never mind, I'm just kidding, episode seven of the show, and I, today I'm joined by a couple of very special guests. In front of me via Zoom, I'm joined by Tay and Todd from the Tay and Todd podcast. Boys, thank you all for joining me. How are y'all doing today? Doing great, man. Thanks for having us. So we, we, we flipped. You were on our show, now we're on <laughs> yours, so we're excited. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely excited. I always appreciate your work and just seeing you. I, I just don't like the Spurs stuff, but I guess we'll hear on that <laughs> a little bit later. Yeah, we'll touch on that for sure. I mean, I brought you on for the Dwayne Haskins special, man. Like, this is a significant <laughs> episode, you know what I mean? But uh, all trolling aside, man, I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, like I meant, like I talked to you all before we went live, you know, I don't listen to many podcasts, especially not ones about like teams that I root for, but uh, I tune into every single episode of y'all show. I love what y'all been doing. I have a lot of respect for y'all and the dedication y'all put forth towards this. Um, and man, y'all been killing it, bro. I really love what y'all been doing. So from a thank fan you. and me, thank y'all very much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your kind words. We, we <laughs> you know, we're, we appreciate you, uh, you know, uh, flattering us. <laughs> hey man, as long as y'all, as long as y'all are stopping with the wolf stuff on Twitter, we'll be fine. But once, <laughs> once that's done, I'll be very, very happy. <laughs> It'll be this week. Might have something new for you next week. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> but, uh, before I run the show down for the listeners, uh, let them know where they can find all of your content and let them know where they can find the best chicken sandwich spot uh, in the DMV. <laughs> so find us on Twitter at Tay in Todd podcast on YouTube, search Tay and Todd podcast. And that's where we are right now is Twitter and YouTube. We're not on Instagram. I don't know if we'll ever be on Instagram, to be honest with you. Kind of good with where we're at. And then our podcast is everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Google, all those places. And if you are in the DMV area, whether you're in Maryland, Virginia, or DC, wherever you are, you got to go to Hot Chicken Kitchen. It's in Woodbridge. It's near Potomac Mills. So you can do some shopping while you're out there, some laser tag, trampoline party. Everything's out in Potomac Mills. But get, go to Hot Chicken Kitchen and have their chicken sandwich because I tell you, it is, it's the best chicken sandwich I've had. I know T feels the same way. Yeah, for sure. And it's worth the traffic. You may run it. It may take you about two hours to get there. You may, you may live three miles away, but it may take you two hours to get there, but it's so, it's so worth it. And I'll, I'll be, I'll be out <laughs> there in the DMV uh, around November for that Buccaneers game. So I'm definitely going to check it out. You know what I mean? Definitely. I might have to get, I might have to get one for the flight back. I mean, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you like, do you like really hot? Oh, I, I like really hot, but if some of my homeboys are listening, they're going to tell me I'm lying. They're going to tell y'all I'm lying, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm really not. They, that, they, they that swear fourth, I'm not like that. They swear. That, that hottest one they have. I mean, uh-huh. I, I haven't had it. I've just like yeah. smelled it. And it's insane. So the yeah. first one has, has enough kick to it and it's not supposed to have any. So, okay. but it's a good man. They drench it in the sauce. They like soak it up. So they don't just spread a little sauce on top. Uh-huh. It's like in there, but it's a nice piece of chicken, a thick piece of chicken. It's a good man. There you it's go. Any, and I'm with it. If it's a thick piece of chicken, I'm with it hundred percent. We yes. can do that. Yes. We can do that. <laughs> yes. You got to definitely try it out when you come down here. Yeah, that's a bet. Um, well, you know, let's run the show down real quick for the listeners. Then we're going to get right back right into this. Uh, I'm really, really excited. Like I've been mentioning a million times. I'm sure the people are already annoyed with it. But um, for the listeners at home or the gym, you know, or on your way to work, we'll be discussing the Washington football team as well as some Washington Wizards talk. Uh, both Tay and Todd love the Wiz and they love the Washington football team. So we're going to hit about a, hit about uh, seven or eight topics today, uh, kind of touching on different aspects of each team. And uh, like I said, man, I'm excited. So. Uh, before we begin, I have to ask y'all, you know, how are you doing today? Because, or in general, because 
man, y'all been killing it with the content. Scott McLuhan, John Kime, like, man, how's everything been? How's life been for y'all? Outside of the podcast, take and can answer how life has been for him because I know he's got some big things going on. Man, I've been I've been running. I've been running. That's why I haven't been able to catch up with Todd. And it's just been a lot getting ready for the wedding and, and a lot of traveling here the last couple of weeks. So it doesn't stop. So it's actually a, a blessing I'm able to come on here because I didn't think I was going to be able to get on the show. But it's just been a whirlwind. But I've been catching up with the with the Washington football team. And um, I'm just thankful for Todd just being able to continue to produce content and just keep it flowing while I've been busy. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I've been doing, traveling and and, and wedding and wedding planning. For the John Kime and Scott McLuhan stuff, it's kind of funny because we've been trying to get both of them on for like a year. I think we reached out to both of them over a year ago, and Kime has just been really busy, but he tried to make it happen. And then Scott McLuhan has contracts with NFL teams, so he has to be careful about when he talks. Draft season is not a good time for him to talk. So we were finally able to get him and Kime back-to-back, which is really cool. The Scott McLuhan one, I – we had some technical difficulties. I actually almost lost the recording for that one, but my gut Ooh. that told me to to back it up and record, <laughs> an, like to just record the audio of the recording, I did that. Otherwise, I would have lost the entire thing. So thank God for that because that would have been terrible. Yeah. And uh, and then hopefully we've got some some guests coming up here soon that I, I'd be pretty excited about. So it's going great, man. It's going great. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been really dope to kind of hear everything that y'all been go, uh, you know doing and you know the episodes and everything. It's been dope. I know a couple a couple episodes back, if I remember correctly, my man uh, my man Tay over here was struggling with the haircut. If I remember correctly, I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, oh man, I can yeah. relate, man. That's why I got the hat on right now. Like, I can relate to that a hundred percent. So <laughs> I know my man got was pushed back. Got pushed hey, back. <laughs> you know, someone is busy when the haircut appointment gets pushed back. Man, let me tell you. But uh, let's just start off with the Washington football team. You know, the team, they're currently in camp. Uh, I know Todd was just there last week. Uh, you know, who has impressed y'all most in camp? You know, Todd, while you were there and, you know, Tay and me from afar, you know, who has impressed y'all the most, uh, you know, going into this preseason? Who are you most excited for? And kind of what's your ceiling or floor for this team? So in terms of who's impressed the most, for one, Landon Collins, because, I mean, he's, he's, he's played well from what we've seen and heard, but he also looks more slender. And I think, I think he kind of – he said he kind of realized he, he has to kind of make sure he has a spot on this team. It's not as guaranteed as he's used to. And so I think that kind of whipped him into shape. And it was crazy to see how he's back from his injury after only seven and a half months. But he, he was moving around like he had no problem. He's more slimmed down, so that was impressive. Kelvin Harmon's another one coming off an injury from last summer who, again, looked explosive – I wasn't expecting much from Kelvin Harmon. They didn't draft him. You know, he hasn't played for them at all, but he looked explosive. I think he's fighting real hard for a spot. Another wide receiver, too, is Stevenson's Jr., who he, I mean, he, I guess he's, he doesn't want to be done just yet. I don't know if he'll be on this roster. I think I'll be in a roster somewhere in the NFL, though. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I think he's been as advertised, but it's cool because, I mean, when we were there on Thursday alone, there was a two 40 plus yard completions down the field. One of them was kind of just a 50-50 YOLO ball. The other one was him knowing the moment Terry McLaurin crosses the face of the safety, put that ball up there. It's just exciting because we've been missing big plays here for a couple of years. And I think with Ryan Fitzpatrick, that'll change. And camp kind of proved that. So those are three guys who I've been impressed with based on what I saw and what I've heard. Well, I'm going to give you a couple of guys who I've been impressed with afar and just reading articles about. Uh, ben St. Juice, um, that's a guy that I think is going to start on the outside. Uh, he's going to have a, 
a lot of uh, opportunities to play um, outside, inside. And I just like his length. I, that's one thing I really do appreciate about him and I love about him. And just hearing how he's going up against Terry and knocking the ball out and having battles with Diami and, and all that other stuff. I, I really like his, I like his potential. Also, James Smith-Williams. Uh, apparently, he's going to be taking that role that Ryan Kerrigan had last year. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets about six six plus sacks this year, just coming in and, and filling in. And uh, he was a guy I was high on him and Bradley King coming out and just guys who work hard, have good character, strong. And obviously the depth of the D-line, you're going to see some guys have some potential who aren't as good, but just because of the overall uh, distraction that the, the defensive tackles and and whoever's on that opposite side may hold. I think you, have, you may have a guy like a James Smith-Williams come out and surprise a lot of people. And... Um, I won't go to the point where say where, you know, he, he could make maybe if one of these guys could step up, they can make Montez Sweat expendable in the future. I don't know. I'm just saying they would. I'm sure if, if, if Sweat's asking for record breaking money, I mean, I, I don't know if you could pay two DNs that, that record breaking money. So just something to think about. Yeah, and what's interesting is y'all definitely lay, lay that out perfectly because we're going to be touching on stuff like that later on in the show. Um, one speaking of Montez Sweat, he's one guy that I've heard looks amazing at camp. I mean, everyone's talking about Montez Sweat, and obviously Chase Young, you know, is really impressive. But uh, Montez Sweat, someone who's I feel like even his his first year, you know, without Chase and then with Chase now, he's still relatively pretty underrated. <laughs> Ever being yeah, honest, yeah, I think he's definitely. I, I don't think he's talked about as much as he should be. Um, yeah, well, like I said, one of the best run defenders in football, uh, just an, an, an insane athlete. I think that dude's that is going to be something special. Uh, you know, health permitting, you know, this entire team. Uh, I kind of want to touch on that last part real quick. What is the ceiling uh, or the floor for this team, in your opinion? I know it's really early, right? We don't even, we don't even know who's mm-hmm. starting where. But, you know, let's say health, you know, health's on their side a little bit here. Uh, you know, Fitzpatrick plays like an average quarterback. You know, kind of what's your ceiling and floor for this team? I, I'm going to say the floor is about 10 and 7. And I, I'm, I'm going to say that the ceiling is about 12, 12 and 5. That's personally my, my opinion for me i think the ceiling is 11 and 6 still getting used to adding the 17th game yeah. in there i think that's the ceiling if, if there's if everyone's healthy if ryan fitzpatrick is is good enough to it plays well enough and consistently enough to not get benched uh, and if the defense has something similar to a season they had last year i think the floor is like 7 and 10 just okay. because as, as long as there are any questions, as long as this team is going into training camp with the quarterback battle, I can only predict so many wins because <laughs> just if we're being honest, how many teams, you know, go into camp, have a quarterback battle and then are an amazing team. That's not, not yeah. even bad or great, but I mean, just in a, a phenomenal team. So yeah. for me, it's kind of a wide range. I think it's, I think it, and I think that four game difference is all quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that as well. I have somewhere around there as well for me. Uh, that's seven and 10, you know, eight, and nine. So weird. Eight, and nine, seven and 10. Right. Right. But right, yeah, like it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's kind of like the floor of this team. Um, and then the ceiling is I can definitely see what is it? 12 and five or something like that. Uh, if mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick's playing really, really good football, uh, not necessarily right. top 10 football, but I mean, considering where this team was at last year with what I would say the worst quarterback situation in the league, arguably, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, doing what they did, winning seven games, which is a miracle in itself. Um, I definitely could see them win, winning 11, 12 games for sure. But it's all going to be on that quarterback, man. If the quarterback's struggling, yeah. if we're getting what we got last year, uh, it's going to be another long season. Another, yeah. I mean, 
And unfortunately, too, they're not going to have, I don't, at least I don't believe in 2022, the quarterback class isn't going to be very potent. So uh, mm. it's going to be tough. Yeah. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is on the way. <laughs> maybe Aaron Rodgers is on the way. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> nice. We just got to keep our fingers crossed on that because that would be <laughs> insane. Hey, I, all I know is that on Twitter, I've been tweeting out reckless stuff like that all the time. And just every time I tweet it, <laughs> people are going crazy, man. <laughs> but uh, let's touch on a little uh, on one rookie uh, specifically. I know, obviously, you know, guys like Deami Brown, uh, Benjamin St. Juice, uh, Jamin Davis, they've had some really good stand up performances there in camp, uh, you know, kind of prior to the preseason. But one rookie who has struggled a lot is my guy, Sam Cosme. Uh, I was a really big fan of him coming into the draft. I always kind of had that that just like that preface beforehand like hey he's gonna need a season to develop um you know i think he could be a franchise tackle you know for you know next eight ten years whatever it be but right now he's struggling you know pretty handily against guys like montez sweat and chase young uh do y'all believe that's because you know the you know the competition he's facing there is because of lack of polished technique or or both or neither i think it has a lot to do with the fact that they're not wearing pads yet and no one's chipping for him and he can't do any cut blocks and it's the first week of training camp i think that combination and he's going against montez sweat and chase young i think it's that more than anything about him personally to be honest if montez sweat and chase young weren't beating sam cosme the first week of training camp i'd be more concerned about them than i would feel <laughs> good about sam cosme and then these yep. past couple of days with pads on we've heard a little bit different that he's 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 been able to hold his own a bit more I know on Thursday there were a couple of plays where, you know, when Sweat would win, he would win. Like, he would just yeah. win quickly. But then there would be a play in between those where Cosme would, would get just enough to push him past the quarterback or whatnot. So, yeah, I'm really not worried because it was week one of training camp, and really the, the, the offensive line is at a disadvantage, you know. And once the games get going and then you can really be physical and you, you can match that physicality, then I think – I think he'll be better. But yeah, if sweating if Sweat and Young were were struggling to get past Cosme week one, I'd be like, okay, I'm worried. <laughs> that would concern <laughs> me for sure. I don't know about Tay. Yeah, same same here. I'm not really concerned. Like I said, you're going against two two guys who are the real deal athletically and strong and long and tall. And um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't fret about that. But I mean, you've been seeing the last couple from the articles we've been reading. Uh I mean, he's been holding his own. I mean, you see Ron Rivera yesterday after his uh, press conference go up, go up to Cosme and say, "Good job, you know, great job," you know, stuff like that. It shows me that he's working. And uh, what? Look, week one, he's going against Bosa, so he's gonna have to be ready. And 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 having that, if he is the starter week one, he's gonna have that preparation. Obviously, he has to watch film, and they're they're two different. I mean, Bosa's a technician, whereas you know Chase will win athletically, and and he's he's refining that technique, but. Uh, Bosa is already established there, but I just I look at it as a, a perfect opportunity for a young guy to come in and and just work on his craft. And, and I mean, you don't want to get beat every single every single day in practice, so you got to kind of have that 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 competitive nature. So I'm not really stressing out about it. I think he's going to come out better for it. And as long as he's getting the praise for from from the head coach, Coach Ron, I I, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, and I think both of y'all make really good points. I like uh, Todd's point about hey, if Chase. If Chase and Montez were struggling, we either got like Trent Williams 2.0 or right. we're having a really big issue right now. <laughs> right, but, exactly, exactly. Uh, um, 
I like, like I said, I like Cosme. Uh, I've been doing a lot of NBA draft stuff, so I haven't been able to watch a lot of stuff on the football team. But we got a few DMs over the past week about people telling me I'm an idiot because you know Sam Cosme was struggling a little bit. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> Way I was, too early. Yeah, I was just like, let's relax a little bit. I told you he needed yeah. a season. Like, let's calm down. You know right. what I mean? But yeah, man, I I, I still am a big time believer in Cosme. I still feel like that was a great pick, and uh, just give the kid some time. He's this dude's a six seven three fifteen mammoth of a man uh give him some time i know back you yeah. know in the pre-draft process they were talking about letting him add a little bit of weight and stuff like that so just give it a little bit of time just give it some time right, right now right for sure and and i'm really excited to see this this offensive line as a, as a collective unit but let's flip sides here but stay in the trenches uh you know john allen made news after signing his extension you know five years 82 million what are your thoughts on his deal being relatively team friendly? And what do you think this means for other members of the Washington defensive line, like a Montez Sweat or a Deron Payne? So when me and Tay were talking a few episodes back, looking at these contracts of, of John Allen, uh, Logan Thomas, and Terry McLaurin, two of those three guys are extended now. Terry will probably be next, next offseason. Uh, yep. I was in the 18 to 21 range. Tay was in the 15 to 18 range. And in a way, we were kind of both right because his new money is 18 a year. If you include this season, it's 16 a year. Yep. It really is a team-friendly deal. Leonard Williams got 21 million. Yep. Uh, I think it's fantastic. I think you had to keep him around. I think he's. I think he is the leader on that defense. I think Ron Rivera and everyone in that defensive staff and in that front office love him. And then you look at it, uh, 2026. 20, I think is when the contract is up. Some big cap numbers, but the salary cap is going to go way up. I'm sure they can get out of the contract at least by 2025 if they want to. And I think honestly. I think that they'll find a way at least at least towards the end of that deal to be able to keep these four guys together because they're not paying anyone else big money. The next person they'll pay is probably Terry McLaurin. They're not paying a quarterback, which is the biggest one. They don't have any other big star playmakers to pay except for this defensive line. And so with the first guy taking, you know, kind of team-friendly deal, I think it opens the door for those next three guys. Even if they don't take the most team-friendly deals, I think you'll just have the money to pay them, keep them around for maybe the next five years together. So I thought it was, a, I thought it was a, a great deal and great to get it done now, not let it linger into next off season when he'll be a free agent. I just want to say something. All these people who said Jonathan Allen was not going to take a team friendly deal. Deontay <laughs> is, Tay is just uh, overly, I, what I tell you, team friendly deal. He's, he's a trooper. And, and like you said, you need him. You, you need this guy. He is that, 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 that linchpin to the to the defense and the defensive line for that matter um i'm i'm extremely thrilled that we got him uh that we got him locked up and like like todd said 16 this year 18 over i mean we're in a good spot and i do think we're going to try to keep all four all four of those guys on the d-line and um i just i love the deal it is perfect. It's perfect. And all them all those all those people that were in the comments on the YouTube videos talking about Tay's tripping about the team friendly deal. Well, that was a team friendly deal. So let's just let's just throw that out there right now. Keep that same energy right now. Right, right now. Right. Say it with your chest. Hey, uh, shout out. Funny. Shout out to my guy, Big Doug, uh, Big Doug show. Uh, I I was telling him before, and he thought I was crazy. You should have seen the, his eyes when I said. No, John Allen's going to be like from 15 to 18. He's like, Leonard Williams just got 21. I said, listen, he's going to get 15 to 18. That's what it's going to be. And that's what I told him. I was like, Big Doug, I try to tell you, my man. I was trying to tell you. <laughs> that's what but um, I, what I like what I like about this, this deal kind of from a non-money kind of perspective here is 
I think everyone as football fans can learn, man, when you talk about defensive line play, it's more than just sacks. Because when you look oh, yeah. at the numbers, this dude only has, I mean, career sack 17. Two sacks last year. Yeah, and you'd be like, oh, my God, he stinks, right? He's, he's bad. Right. Man, what he does against the run, and not only that, too, he wins a lot despite not, despite not getting to the quarterback. And that's he why it, it's completely different. I feel like a lot of people sometimes they don't look at that or they kind of they kind of sleep on it a little bit. But I think from a from a just a fan perspective, a you know a football watcher perspective, you can understand now that there's so much more than just sacks when it comes to defensive yep. line play. Right, uh, right, right. Another point to y'all is about you know um, you know the money and everything like that as well. You know, if they had to, Matt Ioannidis, I was looking at it right now. You know, after this season, uh, he's getting his cap at 6.9 million, and that's 8.2 the next year. Then he's a free agent in 2023. Uh, I know Deron Payne is coming up, you know, the following year, Montez Sweat's coming up. So they're going to have some money to work with here. Um, right. It's going to be a little bit tough to keep all four. Um, now, this is no shot at Grant Paulson, but I think flat out saying we're not going to sign Deron Payne because we just signed Jonathan Allen is a bit of a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not yeah. go that far whatsoever. <laughs> Um, right, right, right. But I will say this: if they can manage to keep the, the big four of your 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 Allen, your 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 Chase Young, Montez, uh, and Deron Payne, Washington's going to be a, a threat for many years as long as they stay healthy. Right, right. No, they. And they I think they know that I mean, too. Yeah, I mean that's their quarterback right now. <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> that's the those four players make up their their quarterback yep. essentially. <laughs> um, and I mean. Here's my only hope if they if they get to the point where they, you know, they make these they look at things, they look at the future and all that. And if they determine they won't be able to, then then offload one of them for assets and yeah. and then restock yeah. like the 49ers did. Yeah. Yep. And maybe that's Deron Payne. If he has a if he has his best year this year, maybe he's worth a first or a second round pick. Yeah. And you and you make that move and you either use that to get your quarterback or to replace him. Yep. But I mean it, it's kind of a win-win situation. There's there's no losing here. Because if he doesn't have a great year, that lowers his number. So I yeah. don't know, you know, there's just a lot of ways to look at it. Yeah, oh, 100%. And like, I mean, like, shout out to Deron Payne, friend of the show. That's my boy. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, respectfully, yeah, when you look at it from a team building perspective, like, you have to take everything into consideration. I mean, unfortunately, this is a, this is a hard cap league. This is in the NBA where you have bird rights and you can go way over the cap to sign someone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, as long as you don't have, you know, as long as you're not going to have a, a quarterback that's a, you know, future franchise quarterback that's young on on that rookie deal, you're going to make some tough decisions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, right. I think I think right now Washington's good. Thank God we don't have to think about this for a, a little minute. Thank. Right. If there's one thing we, we can thank Jake Gruden for, it's given you know select them in the first round so they have that extra year so you don't have to worry about yeah. it. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Especially for, for sweat. Sure. For sure. Yes. Oh yes. my goodness. You talk about you talk about potentially like if, if they would have not tr- got him in the first round, having to pay you know what is it? It'd probably be like three hundred million with sweat and, oh, and Chase combined in one offseason. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's definitely not happening. <laughs> well, let's talk about someone who makes a lot of money as well, Landon Collins. Right, we've heard he looks great right now, but from a scheme perspective, what do you think Washington should do with him? You know, should they opt to run five DBs and two linebackers? Should they opt to run essentially six DBs and one linebacker? You know, should they keep him as close to line of scrimmage as possible? What are y'all thinking? So, yes, they need to keep him as close to the line of scrimmage as possible. <laughs> so if you just go back and you watch early on, everyone remembers early on last season, it was like the first five, well, the first, yeah, five games, and we were just getting beat deep so much. Yeah. A lot of that was 
from Troy Apke and Landon Collins. We're talking about Landon Collins in cover two and a cover four where he's backpedaling. He's responsible yeah. for a half or well, fourth of the field, and he's essentially supposed to not let anybody get behind him. Yeah, he's letting people get behind him. <laughs> there was a week one against the Eagles. Jalen Rager had a big conversion on third and long. That was Landon Collins against yeah. the Rams. They had a 50 yard touchdown. That was Landon yeah. Collins against the Cardinals. It was, I mean, it was, that's just not his game at yeah. all. Yeah. I think DeShazer ever can do it. Bob McCain can do it. I think Cameron Curl can do it. So with Landon Collins. Yeah. When you talk about five DBs or two linebackers Landon being that, that hybrid, that DB slash linebacker, yeah. that big body guy who's playing in the box, defending the run, covering the running backs, tight ends. Absolutely. If he's in two or four and he's back there, be ready for a big play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll go off with Todd right there I agree I think you keep him but you got to have him in that in that um that Buffalo or that or up close to the line but even last year I mean he was struggling with that I mean missing tackles and which is which wasn't his character at all I mean you look at the Giants he was a, a for sure tackler but last year he kind of struggled before he got injured so uh from from what I'm hearing he, he's been he's been playing well and even covering well if I'm not mistaken so um, like you said, you get McCain back there, maybe even Everett or wh- whoever it is, or or uh, yeah, or Reeves, uh, whoever it may be Cameron Curl. But you gotta, I think they have a, they have the ability to kind of you know move these pieces around. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen. But keep them, keep them, and then you keep them close to the line as well. I don't <laughs> want him. I do not want him covering deep at all. He just, he just, <laughs> yeah. he just doesn't have the natural instincts for it. Yeah. It, it's yeah. like when you play safety in Madden. Yeah, I can't play safety oh medic because I'm always Don't so focused on what's in front of me. Guys are running. It's, literally, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. Well, and, and shout out to Mark Bullock, you know, another friend of the show. I, I disagree mm-hmm. with him a little bit here. He said back uh, in an article I read about, you know, Landon Collins, you know, he actually played really well in quarters coverage back in New York uh, with the Giants. Mm-hmm. I don't know what changed from there to here, but that's no longer a thing. I, I think no, no. he needs to be as close to the line of scrimmage as possible. Um, and that's kind of needs to be his role as that kind of that, 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 that linebacker who just attacks the rushing lanes and, and just gets after the running backs. I mean, that's what it needs right. to be because yeah, I agree. I mean, throughout his time in Washington, the coverage has been bad. It hasn't been like below average. It's been like horrible. Like it's been yeah. placement level. Yeah. You yeah, know, not yeah, to, no, I agree. Not to dog him, but yeah, you know <laughs> no. what I mean? And yes, not seriously. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm like with Landon, if it's after this year, I mean, you really have to look at it because with someone that, you know, one dimensional, it really caps out what you can do as a defense, in my opinion, although you have all this talent, yeah. when you have someone like that, who's so, who's so bad at one aspect of the position, it's going to hurt you. Uh, and mm-hmm. not to make a parallel to, you know, another team I cover, but although I love DeMar DeRozan with all my heart and soul, I understand his inability to shoot a three pointer or be, have any gravity off the ball hurts this team. Similarly with Landon Collins, he's in a, is unable to cover, unwilling to play a position that would basically take those abilities away from him or the majority of it. So it's going to hurt your team eventually. You know what I mean? Right. So right, right. And Ke- I mean, Cameron Crow came in and he outplayed him. He took yeah. his spot and he he, yeah. he played it well. So <laughs> and and respectfully too, like Landon isn't good enough to re- basically take Curl off the field. Curl needs to be on the field as much for as sure. possible. Mm-hmm. For know, sure, but, yeah, for sure, definitely. Uh, we're going to close here on the Washington football team, you know, and I ask every guest this and I really need to know now that we're here, right. We're, you know, we've signed him for what is it? 16 million for this year. What do you think Washington should do with Brandon Sheriff? Has <laughs> your, th- million, have your man, thoughts changed? Has everything, has anything changed? 
I'll be honest with you. I'm not a fan of Brandon Sheriff, and I just prefer he be <laughs> off the team at this point. I'm tired of talking about it. He said a couple of days ago that he wants to be on this team for the rest of his career, but yeah. that's clearly not true. That is clearly something his agent told him to say. He does not want to be on this team, so get him off the team. $18 million for a guard is just absolutely ridiculous. So I, I don't like Brandon Sheriff. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not his biggest fan right now. He doesn't even, we were at camp watching him. He didn't even look like he wants to be there. He just kind of got his hand on his hip, just kind of, you know, I'm sure he'll play well, but yeah, I'm ready for him to go. <laughs> Don't resign him. Look, <laughs> I'm, I'm calling Indianapolis right now and then saying, hey, Quentin Nelson down. <laughs> come on, come on, get this guy up out of here, man. I, I'm, right. I think you can find better value there for him. I, I don't like him at that price. And um, I, I think you keep him right there where he is this year, and then I, I don't think they extend him. I think he's gone. I think the production that Schweitzer was giving us last year or whoever it was, I was filling in right there. I didn't think we missed the beat. Obviously, we missed him. He was an all-pro, but I think at that price, you got to kind of – you got to reconsider some things and got to try to move that money elsewhere. Like you said, the D-line coming up and the cup and Terry and all these other places. That And plus, he's getting – I mean, he's, what, 30? Almost 30? He's getting older, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah he is. He's like 30. So I can see if he's about 27, then it's like, all right, let's let's right. make it. But that, that plays a factor as well. For a guard – I can't believe this, man. <laughs> 18, 18, like it's right. And and the thing is, is is um, and and I've heard so many different opinions on it. And some people are like, no, you need to keep him. No, you don't need to keep him. For me, one thing is, I understand the age, but the injury history is pretty significant here as well. You know it what is, I mean? Yeah. Like he's missed. You know, he played 16, 16, 14 games, eight, eleven, and thirteen. Like last year, he you know he stayed relatively healthy, but. The injury history coupled with the amount of money you're you're going to be allocating to this player who's not as impactful as someone like an edge or a left tackle or even a receiver. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right, it's, right. I, I personally couldn't do it. Um, God bless him. I hope he gets all the money in the world, but just not from the football team or whatever you want to call it, the Wolves. <laughs> Or whatever you think. <laughs> Wolves experiment. Yeah, no more. I swear to God, I don't ever. I'm muting that word from now on. You better, man, you have to mute it for a while when they announce it as a new name. Yes, right. Dude, dude, you don't know how how toxic. That's why I stopped talking about the football team for like two weeks, man. Because the last time I spoke on it was that stupid name, and people, oh, you're reaching, bro. You're reaching, and I'm like. Bro, my one of my best friends, literally native, real native, live on the on the uh, reservation, North Dakota. Like, I'm not tripping right now. I'm telling you what I know. <laughs> it's but, going to be uh, very interesting when they announce it. Yeah, yeah, brother. Let's yeah, let, it's gonna be crazy. But shout out Jason Wright though. He's hey, he's good with all the Washington football fans though. I would say shout sure. out to him, yeah. man. Shout yes, out to yes, him. yes, yes. Super cool. Uh, but let's 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 finish here about the Wizards, man. Let's talk about the Wizards. They recently traded Russell Westbrook for Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harold, the number 22 pick. How are y'all feeling about no more Russ in D.C. after one year? I'll go first. I'll let Tay give the longer answer. It just feels like he was on the team for like a few days. Like I know it was nine months, which is still short, but it feels like he just got traded. It feels like we were just talking about John Wall. It happened so fast. Russell Westbrook. Then the whole season went by, and immediately he's gone. But, I mean, good yeah. for him. And I think that I think that he had more value in this trade than John Wall would have had because of the money. You know, I think that they wouldn't yeah. have been able to make this deal if you swapped out Russell, uh, Westbrook for John Wall in terms of the Wizards making a deal. So it's 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 so interesting how differently the NBA moves in the NFL. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But 
it's like you traded John Wall for Russell Westbrook and then you were able to make this deal. You wouldn't have been able to make that deal with John Wall, even though you were able to make the trade for John Wall for Russell Westbrook. So go ahead, Tate. No, Todd made a great point. John Wall would have never given you this, this kind of uh, package um, with Kuzma and, and all that and, and Dinwiddie and, and all that, just Dinwiddie coming into that whole trade. But I, I, I absolutely love the trade. I think he was good for a season to get us back to relevance uh, with the, he got us promotion. He got bill some, you know, I don't, I think if bill would have, I mean, hopefully he would have made the, the uh, one of the all pro teams, the, the first or second team or third team. Yeah. But I think yeah. with, with Russ being there and, and having that attention, it, it, it put bill on a spot where now he can probably play at an MVP level and just seeing his work ethic. I think Russ was good for the, for the young guys and just seeing how he, how he operated. Um, but we were limited. As you can see in the Sixer yep. series, he struggled. The mm -hmm. ball didn't move. He, I wouldn't say he was selfish because I mean, he averaged a triple double, but yeah. it, it was, you can't say he's selfish, but the ball should have been moving a lot more and it made us one dimensional. And I think they're going to struggle with that there in LA, but yeah. I yeah. love the trade. We needed that. We needed, we needed a, a true point guard who can swing the ball and someone who doesn't need the ball in their hands, the whole, the whole possession. Yeah. Well, I got a couple of things about, about Westbrook. It's interesting that you mentioned that because it doesn't, it seem like the triple double doesn't have as much impact as you would think. Like when you right. watch him play it, it, it's not yeah. like when someone like hypothetically, like Luka Doncic gives you like 30, 10 and 10, you're like, Luka Doncic was the best damn player on this floor. And it's by not by a close margin. With Russell Westbrook, it's different. I don't know if it's because he's more of a, like a predetermined passer where he he has his mind made up when he drives to the lane or goes to the lane or out of the pick and roll card and kind of already knows what he's going to do. Um, and if it doesn't work, you kind of get the spillage everywhere. You know what I mean? You yeah, kind of get the, yeah. the – But it's just really interesting to kind of see Russell Westbrook and, and where – you know, how they're going to – what's going to happen in L.A. The Wizards stuff was cool. Y'all were, were cool for a season, you know, made the playoffs, everything like that. But right. now I'm just kind of curious to see what's next because you draft Corey Kispert, you know, you get Isaiah Todd. Uh, neither, you know, I feel move the needle, especially Kispert, who's I just feel is low upside three and D. Like at best case, you're going to get, if he can maybe become a better passer, you're going to get a Duncan Robinson. If not, you're just going to be a three and D player, which I feel like is so wizard. Like I feel like y'all need something else. Uh, kind of what is the <laughs> state of the team? Like how are y'all feeling? Y'all got Spencer Dinwiddie. That's cool. But how are y'all feeling right now? You know, I'll, I feel great. I'll go. I'll go first, Todd, because I I feel great. Okay. Okay. I, you think people are sleeping on Kispert because they think because he's white, you know, that he's going <laughs> to fit to that 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 mold of a, a typical Joe Harris or Corver. But I think he's a lot more talented. I think he's a lot more athletic than both of those guys. And I'm not going to compare him to Clay Thompson, but I think he has that. I mean, if you look at the if you look at it coming out of college, they're very similar in the way they play and how you can shoot. I mean. Joe, I mean, uh, Kisper can can shoot off the dribble. He can shoot in different platforms. He's not just a three and D guy. And I think that's where people are are, are getting it misconstrued. I think he's going to be a great player. I think I'm, I'm not I'm not going to say rookie of the year, but I think he's going to play a, a prominent role on this team this year. I like that Isaiah Todd. You get some upside. I think he's going to be good. He's only 19 years old, 6'10", 6'11", can handle the rock and shoot the ball. Yep. I think they'll I think they'll they'll build with him. But I, I like the team. Everybody's like, oh, look at the Bulls and look at this and look at that. 
I, I'm going to liken this team to the to the Nuggets of the East. Okay. And just because West Unsell, you you know, they're not that popular. You know, they're not – they don't have that splash guy. I mean, obviously, Bill is. But yeah. – and obviously, uh, Joe gets the MVP level. But I think that they're going to be – they're going to develop these guys, the Denny Obvious, the 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 Ruiz, which, which Westbrook couldn't really – you couldn't really do with Westbrook because he held the ball so much. So, you couldn't see Rui develop. You couldn't see Denny, you know, in bad coaching. I think West Unsell Jr. was a great pickup. And I think this team is going to surprise a lot of people. They have shooters all over the floor. Finally, they have depth at the wing. They can guard multiple positions. They can switch everything. So, hey, I I say maybe I'm optimistic. Maybe I'm just a true Wizards fan. But I think the way Tommy Shepard has built this team, I think they'll be top five, top top five in top five in the East. I um, you know. It's interesting. I, I was kind of at the, I like the, I like the unsold hiring. I, there was definitely a, 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 a moment there where I was a big fan of, of just starting over, right. Of, you know, I me mean, traded Russell Westbrook, trade Bradley Beal, get mm-hmm. as many picks as you can just, just blow it up and rebuild with your new coach, you know, who's, who's a good teacher and that sort of thing, which I thought was going to happen. They kept Beal and then they're making this move for Dinwiddie and, and then they still got some picks and made some, and some choices and have young guys. I mean, you've got four young guys right who you really want to develop and so I'm kind of okay with that there's still a part of me that would have liked to seen that rebuild get get like a million picks from the Warriors for Bradley Beal (laughs) you know get the whole team but I do think that there is potential and I think that when you had John Wall and Bradley Beal there was there were kind of issues right and then you had Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal and and Russ is Russ like you said it's tough to develop young guys with Russ in the court yeah. Now you have Beal as the sole leader of that team, right, with the young guys around him. And then now you've got a new coach and a new staff to kind of do things differently and better. So I'm okay with I'm, I'm okay with it now, but I'm, I'm just very curious to see what this season will be like because I honestly have no idea what to expect. I love I love Tay telling me that I'm an idiot for the Corey Kispert, my Corey Kispert analysis. <laughs> I love it. On your and own I, show. I, I, I know, right? Like, <laughs> hey, I'm cool. Kispert. People are sleeping on him. That man is athletic. He can. He. I mean, hey, I just, I just think people are gonna be shocked the way Weston Cell uses him. I think if if he ends up see, but see the thing is like when I say like he, you know, he could be Duncan Robinson. That's a really good player. Like he's, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Can attack back closeouts. He can pass. You know, he's a good sure. player. But like, I like Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie is kind of tough. I'm not gonna lie. Like I think he he's is. very tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the better isolation yeah. scores in the league, but. Uh, also remember, you know this who he reminds me of a little go, bit? Go ahead, go ahead. Gilbert Arenas, a little bit. Oh my goodness, and he's he's a legend out there, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell him to keep and, his guns at home, though. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I, Dinwiddie's tough. And Wizards fans, I'm gonna end this. I'm gonna end that on or end the note on this right here. Denny Avdia, Avdia can pass back over there in Israel when he was playing. Yes. He was a primary ball handler a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Denny Avdia, Avdia can pass the rock, so. I'm definitely looking forward to see, you know, for the, for y'all sake, kind of seeing how this team develops uh, over here in San Antonio. You know what I mean? We're probably going to be in the lottery, but uh, it's all good. I mean, hey, uh, Bonchero's on the way or Chet Holmgren's on the way. Someone's on yeah. the way. Yeah, I'm not worried about it, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, kick it to y'all and just let the folks know, uh, you know, whatever it is that you have going on, anything you want to plug or anything like that, just let everyone know. Uh, just excited for the season. Keep uh, hoping to, to bring on some really cool guests here in the next couple of weeks. And then, and then just getting into back into the film breakdown game. That's my favorite part of the season probably is after the game, 
watching it myself and then being able to regurgitate that on YouTube. And so I'm really looking forward to that. And like I said, that's the podcast stuff. Tay is looking forward to the season because he's going to get married early in the season. <laughs> so he could talk about that. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to I was just going to plug in that uh, I won't. Todd was able to go to uh, training camp this past week and I'll be able, we'll be together tomorrow. I don't know when the show's coming out, but uh, if it comes out tonight or tomorrow morning or something, but we're, um, right, right. we'll be at the, we'll be at the, the, the practice tomorrow night. So I'm looking forward to joining Todd and just being able to interact with the fans and uh, just to see the team play. So that's it. I'm, I'm ready for the season to start one week away from preseason football. So let's get it. Yeah. And that's y'all's Twitter is at Tay and Todd podcast. Correct. 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 Yeah. Go ahead and follow them. Follow my podcast at Dame's Dropback. It's just at uh, Dame D-A-M-E and then Dropback D-R-O-P-B-A-C-K. Uh, this podcast will be out on Friday the 6th. So that night, tonight, when you're listening to it, they're going to be there. Show them some love. Uh, tell Tay that Corey Kispert's just Duncan Robinson or something like that. <laughs> and uh, just to get on his nerves, you know what I mean? But <laughs> and thank y'all for listening, everybody. Uh, episode 7, the Dwayne Haskins special. I appreciate y'all. And uh, we're out. Later. Thanks. Thank you.